0: Um, what was you guys' first, if you remember, first song that you worked on is in like back of house, like writing or producing? First ever? First ever. Or first like one that meant something to you. Oh wow, okay.
1: Mm, like first placement kind first, of like,
0: like the first, first big play okay, first yeah, big yeah, placement yeah, we
1: can yeah, change yeah, it yeah. To that. My mine was um Celine Dion, I got nothing left. What a big record. You just drop that name on y'all. Yeah, man. It Celine Dion. You great. know what she
0: means to Jamaicans, right?
2: <laughs> so like,
0: I'm already like, what? It's
2: mental.
3: imagine.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Dunlop the Stands. You are here today with your host Eats McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Chope. Oh yes yeah, sir, I thought you were sharing a mic. Um, and we are here today with the amazing Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony. I'll give over to Chope so he can introduce. So we have two very
4: special guests today, two incredible artists. So you may know them for several songs that they've written for no doubt your favourite artists I can't obviously say the whole exhaustive list but I'm just going to say a few artists that they've worked for worked with even so we have Kelly Clarkson Neo Chrisette Michelle Michael Jackson Whitney Houston Lettucey Jesse J Faith Evans Miley Cyrus the list goes on and then outside of their writing production credits they also have their own amazing musical duo called Lewis York who recently released their debut album american griots last month
3: slow down I'm beating heart slow down you have a tendency to get ahead of yourself you don't want to miss out on love again cuz you just can't accept now she's got an easy spirit that you don't want to be without better start asking yourself how will i feel in the morning tell me if i don't go
1: if i don't go
4: so yeah we're gonna be here talking about music the industry their history so on and so forth and so now we're gonna get into what we've all been listening to for the last week do you want to go
3: first
2: before we do that i just want to ask how are you guys doing awesome doing great. thank
3: you for having us yeah, we're yeah. good this is it your awesome.
2: first day in london i know you had a, actually you had a show yesterday didn't you yeah, yeah. We, we
3: performed last night at the other the other songs at the other palace uh, yeah. okay um, this cool. is actually our last, last day, day.
2: Yeah. oh okay yeah. so we just call so you, so as you saved your the best out. for
3: last <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay.
2: Because I was gonna say it's not really a great welcoming off to everything that's happened today in London and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's um, crazy. It's, it's, it's a dark day. Yeah, all all my family drive. members was hitting me like, Yo, are you, are okay? you okay? And I'm like, What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 Something happened but, on the London Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. So
2: yeah, for any listeners, today's the day that the London Bridge attack happened. Um so yeah, it's a, a lot has been going on in London. Um, but I was really looking forward to this interview. Just to give a quick overview of what happened before this was recorded. I was actually stuck in my building mm. for about four hours trying mm. to get Get to this interview because i work in london bridge as well um but we made it and um hopefully none of us are hurt yeah exactly that's the main thing I yeah well, healthy. So, exactly so. but God. to start off um so what i've been listening to so i've been listening to a project by amalu so amalu is an artist from north london um have you guys heard of amalu before Mm-mm. um i'm be writing all this stuff down oh really oh yeah, cool love,
3: we love new music
2: oh yeah so amalu is amazing um I yeah, she's from North London. Um, but she, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, Actually, because a lot of her sound and kind of uh, imagery is targeted towards America. Um, even Drake, for example, her first song um, was actually, some of it was actually quoted in one of Drake's songs. I forget the actual song, but um, she does have quite an American type of style and in, that's in fashion, both in the way that she sings and the way that she dresses as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but she released a project called Amma Who And to be honest, I fell in love with her first project, which was, um, I just still don't know if it's DDD or Triple D, but her first project was incredible. Um, it came with a little movie as well, which was recorded by her sister Mahalia. It's not the Mahalia that we think it
3: is, but um, do you guys know who Mahalia is, by the way? The artist. The artist, yeah. I've heard, I've heard of her. I, I just listened to an interview on her on NPR. Okay, she's, she's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, she's incredible. I do my homework. Yeah,
2: <laughs> she's incredible. Um, yeah. But back to Amelou. So she has a song on this project um, called uh, North London. Yeah, North London. And as someone who's recently moved out of North London, it made me feel quite n- nostalgic. Um, mm. I've lived in North London my entire life, just give you guys some background. I'm in a place called Barnet. Um, well, before that I was in Tottenham, moved to a place called Barnet. Mm. And yeah, she was singing about her love for the North and how the North always has her back and stuff like that. And as someone who's recently moved out, I was like, this song's actually kind of getting me a bit like emotional and stuff. Mm. And I think as we get on in the conversation, we'll be like music that gets you to that point. Mm. And um, the, kind of the duty that artists play to help the listeners get to that point where they're almost like emotional about certain type of things mm. um but yeah so that's amalu that was the first project so definitely go check that out guys let us know what you think at d-a-t-s-p-o-d second project quite old nick spoke about it last season very popular so kirk um the baby um i First, like, I know when Nick said it a while ago, I kind of was like, eh, it's not really for me, really. And then I came back to it later on. I think I was in kind of like a hype mood and love every single song on it, except for for iPhone. That's the only song I don't like. Yeah, I don't like iPhone. My favorite song on it, though, is Gospel. I love Gospel. And um, I love the video for Bop. And the first track, he really, like, I thought people were joking when he was like, he doesn't waste any time on, like, the beginning of the instrumental. But as soon as I click play on the track, it's go. Like, it's just go straight away. Mm -hmm. So... I love this project I'll definitely recommend that as well It's probably a bit late to recommend it Everyone's probably listened to it But I fell in love with it And I would definitely recommend it Shop it up to you man You sure?
5: Yeah
0: Okay um, so, I've been listening to Partisan Fontaine's project, um, Underrated. Uh, he is the writer behind um, a lot of Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy. He actually co-wrote 12 out of the 13 tracks on the album and he's highly kind of rumored to be her official ghostwriter in terms of just writing her songs, writing her features. Ooh,
3: the ghostwriter.
0: Um, etc. So, um, I listened to his project, Underrated, which a lot of journalists kind of tweeted about last week. And I kind of got into it and said, let me see who he is as the artist, as an individual. He's actually co-wrote with Kanye West as well on his eighth studio album, Yay. Um, So listen to it, loved it. I think he's very lyrical and I think he can stand the test of time as an artist. It's just unfortunate how he came into the industry as kind of Cardi B's ghostwriter and all the rumours and stuff like that. So it's unfortunate that he won't get his maybe fair shot with the public in terms of being an original artist. But he is signed to Atlantic as well. Um, It sounds really greatly produced as well. Um, The song Backing It Up featuring Cardi B is on there, but beyond that, he is, as I said before, super lyrical, kind of reminds me of Meek Mill in terms of really aggressive, really um, trying to prove his worth, like the old kind of um, legacies of hip hop in terms of you have to prove your pen before you can even get in the game. Um, So I love songs like Not There Yet, which starts the album off. And I think you have to still start an album off strong to win me over kind of thing and to get my ear. So um, as a journalist, I really love this song song, and it kind of got me into the mood of Partisan Fontaine as his own original kind of act as well. He's got the likes of Jadakiss on the album. He's got Jeremiah. He's got City Girls on there. He's got Offset. So quite a mix of the old and the new, obviously the Jeremiahs and the Jadakiss who have been in the industry for decades at this point. And then you've got the obviously the Offsets and the City Girls who are emerging, if not prominent talent for this kind of decade as well. So I think he does a lot. He reminds me of the older school 2000s hip hop in New York that existed at the time. There's a lot of albums that are coming out that sound like that as well right now. So um, I love that project and I think he he definitely can be his own artist. I just think he has to break that barrier of being the ghostwriter, which hopefully Atlantic invest into, but I'm, I'm not convinced they will do so just because they've got Cardi obviously signed to the label as well. Um next up is obviously um, we missed the, we didn't have a podcast episode when it was released, but Tanashe's Songs For You. I'm just so proud of her as an individual act um, and an independent act right now, um, breaking ties with RCA. And I actually spoke to Jack Knight earlier this year who said he listened to songs from Tanache and was very impressed with what she had to come. She obviously collaborated with Miss Banks, which is a huge UK um, MC right now, who's on the come up on Die a little bit. And the visual for that was absolutely phenomenal. She broke the internet for that. Um, one of the top trends on Twitter um, as well as Instagram in terms of like the video. So um, I love that song and I was definitely um, waiting for the rest of the project, but the rest of the project did not disappoint. It stands at about 15 songs long, 52 minutes. Um, she's very expansive in her kind of influences here. I think she definitely stands uh, as an artist who delved into herself more and kind of honed into her older sound as well as her newer sound here. And I think stuff like Hopscotch, Perfect Crime, a Cash Race, and even so much better, even though G-Eazy's on it, which is questionable as a, a, a talent and a rapper. But um, I think Tanashe definitely shown herself as an artist who can do it independently and can do it well independently. So I'm just waiting for the chart positions to see where she actually lands on Monday. So that is Tanashe and then I wanna I want to shout out actually The weekend's Heartless. Um, It dropped this week and I think obviously the vocal comparisons to Michael Jackson's is there, but I think they're even more prominent in this record here. I love that he played with Trap here as well as his conventional alt R&B roots. Um, And I really think that he's won me over in terms of waiting for his next project to drop. I'm really eager to see what he's got. Um, both visually, actually, because I love the aesthetics and the pictures and the imagery dropped alongside both singles, Heartless, and his latest, "Blinding Lights, which dropped actually today. It will be a couple of days when this goes live. Um, But I'm loving it. I'm loving the vintage 80s feel. I hope that it transcends into his project and the imagery there. Um, And I just love that he's toying with his sound and trying to evolve even further into that um, genre blend as he develops his career as one of the top Canadian artists of today. So those are my suggestions or
4: listens of the week. So I'm going to piggyback off you. I also want to discuss Tana's new project, but I'm also going to take it back to all those earlier mixtapes. So basically I've listened to her quite a bit this week. Um, unfortunately, I cannot be as complimentary as Nicholas here about the new project. Now, bear with me, people who are listening. I've only given you like two or three listens, but I just kind of feel that everyone kind of, you know, went crazy and was hailing it as, like, like a really strong project. So I was, like, you know, I was, like, very excited because Tinashe is my girl. Like, I love her since the beginning. And I pressed play and I was, like, huh, okay, all right. And and I'm, I'm, I'm eating my words more and more. Like, it is growing on me, but I just do feel, like, on initial listen, I was just a bit underwhelmed. Not even just because, like, it's um definitely still quite commercial and quite poppy i just feel in general the songs don't really grab you on first or second listen but what i will say adding on to the next point i do think in terms of the lyrics and the themes, she's um discussing it's definitely her most vulnerable her most personal i've never really heard her right like this or not even or maybe not since like her early early project so i will commend her for that but it is growing on me there are songs in there that i'm starting to really have a, a great feeling for so life's too short perfect crime i love hopscotch that's my jam that's my jam gonna be playing that tonight when i leave here um i love so much better and um Yeah, so that's, I want to talk about that project, but also I want to take it back to um, all her mixtapes. So In Case We Die, Reverie, Black War, Amethyst, those came out between 2012 and 2015. And re- reminiscing on all those projects now, because I remember when they all came out when I was like in sixth form, it's just reminding me of how far she's come and how, in terms of her visibility and how much she's really fought to be an artist and fought for her place and see the dedication she has to being a creative, even though her label wasn't the most supportive. So, and I think Black Water, especially, was such a great project for her because we have this alternative R and B term and sound now, but. Someone like her, she kind of has shown across all her catalog over the last seven years that even that that subgenre of R and B can be very expansive and have musicality. So Black War, she was sampling like Tony Tony Tony, but then you have like really sinister songs on Reverie like Come When I Call, which I think would be great in like a psychological thriller movie somewhere and even the way she produces her vocals are very haunting and operatic like that's another thing too we don't really we we play her vocally like Tanasha can sing and she can arrange her vocals that's very important and then yes yeah, so I just want to shout out a few songs from those projects off my head so Crossing the Cosmo uh Ain't Ready Just a Taste which features Tony Tony's anniversary um Boss Ecstasy. Oh, and Who Am I Working For? Which is the greatest song about why capitalism sucks. Um, yeah, so those are my listens for the week. And we are now going to pass it on to our guests, Claude and Chuck. What have you guys been oh, listening crap. to? That's, a, that's pressure.
3: Two two <laughs> two selections. <laughs> any, just any of mine. One, two. All right. Um, you want to go first? You can go. <laughs> <laughs> um, sheesh. I can't stop listening to that Kygo Whitney Houston Higher Love. Okay. Dance mix, mm. I think it's incredible, mm-hmm. yeah. and she sounds like the Whitney Houston at her peak that everyone loved, and it's, it feels cool to hear her today yeah. at her best. Mm. It is it's just it's just it's just a great remix, or I guess it's it's original for her, but a remix of a, it's a cover song, mm. but that's crazy, and I like Post Malone's new album. I like Circles. I, I was just in the Circles today. Um, I know he's like one of those people that everyone's either like yay or nay about because they're like, is it hip hop? Is it pop? Is it R&B? Is it what is it? Is it is it stealing? But I just like good music. And I, Circles is crazy. It feels like California. It feels sunshiny. He's writing good melodies and good stories. The album's called, what, Hollywood's Bleeding? Yeah. The whole album, there's one, the one with the baby Enemies. That song is crazy. Mm. So yeah, I, I listen to a lot of different stuff, but but uh, that's impressed me. I'm picky, so I listen to everything. But what's really making me excited is uh, I like I like what he's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for me, I would say
1: um, <clears throat> I listen to Coldplay new album Everyday Life. See, this is my guy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Coldplay. Um, what's the song? Arabesque. Is mm-hmm. that Arabesque something? is crazy. Oh, you went wrong, man. is crazy. You... Everyday life is crazy. It's just like chris martin sounds like he's in the studio being free yeah and i love i love when artists take chances it might not be as commercially viable as they want it to be but it's a freedom in that and i love that it's about, the, it's about music
2: yeah so similar to you i love the album oh yeah. actually i love coldplay i'm a big fan of, i'm a huge too. fan of coldplay like mm. all of their albums um i'm waiting for a tour because I've, I've been wanting to go they're to a tour.
1: heard they're not touring
2: They're not because of the environmental friendly stuff. But at some point in the future, I need (laughs) to go. Yeah, yeah, they can't like. Because I have this theory that this will be maybe their last or second to last album before they retire completely. Mm. Um, So I just need to see them before they retire and just like, we're not doing any more tours or anything like that. Mm. But Arabesque, really, because for that song for me and kind of the whole theme of it all, I know it's supposed to be like issues around the world and stuff like that. But I just felt like it was just too in and out like it wasn't really it it didn't really work for me because like for example on one of the songs halfway through it like there's this p- police brutality scene i don't know if you guys know which song i've listened to talk-
3: it i listened to it yeah. listened to a, on the flight actually here yeah but i was in and out of sleep so oh, okay. <laughs> okay so you missed it's it the, but i listened to but i had heard arabesque the song yeah yeah that song with, the, with that whole sax, sax experimental soul in the middle
1: that's what it, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm a musician, and so it's hard. It's really, really hard to get me excited about shit. Like I just kind of, like he said, I just kind of listen, and then I'll be like, okay, oh well. Yeah. But. When people are experimental, even if I don't, even if it's not my cup of tea, I give them so much credit for yeah. just taking chances, taking chances that thing. it just become my
3: shit. I'm oh, like, okay. And they're yeah. musically excellent. Like think yeah. about how many people are doing like high end, yeah. like, make you think music. You yeah. yeah. So even if you, even if it's not your, like Coldplay done so many good things, but there's a people like, artists like that I always give them a pass like like you're allowed to have one or two that is not my favorite but mm. I respect yeah they get a special listen from me yeah you know, they've done so much stuff that's good I'm like, all right, let me, let me sit and even figure out why I don't like it yeah, yeah. yeah. because 100%. what was yeah. your brain now what studio were you in what's what's going on with the world so
5: yeah.
3: are plus, there are there bigger better Coldplay songs absolutely plus, oh, 100% plus half half the battle of being
1: an artist is that they are supposed to move things forward it's supposed right. to Supposed to be a progression of something. Even 100%. if even if their their fans don't quite get it, yeah, you spoke. You gotta respect them because that's their job to move yeah. forward. So. If it makes
3: you feel uncomfortable, when they're doing something right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Speaking of
0: experimentation, sorry, I just have to mention one more. Um, FKA Twigs, Magdalene, like I have to give that so much credit because I never understood FKA. I'm going to be really honest. (laughs) If you asked me six months ago, I'd be like, what the hell? But like, I watched (laughs) a
3: video- Ask me now. I watched watched
0: a video in Toronto of her getting ready for her tour, like Uh getting ready for music videos and stuff. And it got nominated for one of the Toronto Film Festival's um, awards. So I watched it and I was like, yo this artist tries so hard and like she pushes the boundary every single yeah, time man. like in her visuals in her creative output in her music so i was like let me listen to this album that everyone's talking about and it just mixes together so many different genres like pop electronic RB. and she's always mixed she's always been experimental but this one just seems to really find itself in a cohesive package and i i really love her passion and her her drive and her determination to really push boundaries in music. And yeah, it it was a really solid listen for me. And I think as a British artist, she's really pushed the ceiling and is really using her resources and her leverage and her power now in the industry to just higher the level of creative output so i love that i love that project it is one of probably the best projects i've heard this year to be honest awesome. and she she won me over so i will be interested you in her
3: career go forward go listen to it now. yeah i'm gonna listen i'll go check it out it's really good you said so nick Damn
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes right should we move on to some questions and stuff go for it cool shopping do you want to shoot so I'm gonna. Oh lord!
3: Why <laughs> we go? Why? Here we go. <laughs> we're in the hot seat. Okay.
4: So I'm gonna keep things simple for now. I've got okay. some. Like, I've got some detailed questions <laughs> okay, later. Fine. But for now, um, so what music were you both listening to growing up? So who were like the first musicians and artists having a strong impact on you as budding young
3: musicians? Mm. Bob Marley for me he was the first artist I ever heard and learned, and. Uh, my family's Jamaican, so you don't have a choice. But it, it, I think it's a blessing because, like, I mean, to in, in Jamaica for Jamaicans, Bob Marley is like it, it's it's Jesus and then Bob Marley, basically. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's cool because, like, how, what better artist to be introduced to as as like a as a baby? He's the, he's it was, he was the best lesson ever because he's the only mm. he's the artist has been the best ever mm. at combining commercial, spiritual, political international and still keeping his integrity mm. while doing it he yeah. didn't sell out mm. to do it so I, that that was that's like my my initial that's my elementary education in, in what well, rock and roll means yeah. like what it should look like so that's the first thing i heard and then <sighs> motown and michael jackson and whitney houston and and all as, as it was kind of like the, when i think of my childhood i think of what i was hearing in the house which is my what my mother played bob marley motown and me was Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, hip-hop and R&B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of pop rock. I can't pick a person. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: For me, I grew up in a um, strict religious household, so I had to sneak and listen to music. Um, so I, I, I discovered Ray Charles on The Cosby Show and um, went and bought all his, his music. Night and day. Night and day. You remember that episode? Night. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I discovered that. And Tony Braxton, Sade, uh, definitely Sade. Sade was one of my first real musical orgasms.
5: Oh, like I, here we are. I, I heard No Ordinary
1: Love, and I was just like, what oh, the awesome. hell is this? Yeah, nice. So Ray Charles, Sade, um, Motown, and of course Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: So I kind of wanted to ask a question in reaction to that. Um, So it was basically in response to you guys and what you've listened to growing up. Mm. Kind of a common phrase is never meet your heroes. Mm -hmm. What was it like meeting Whitney, for example, and how did that influence you creatively?
3: We talk about this a lot, actually. The majority of our the hero hero artists that we met were actually pretty awesome to work with mm-hmm. um, i found that the higher up the chain you go um the more enjoyable the experiences and not because they're they're more beautiful or more rich or more famous but it takes a certain kind of mentality to maintain that success mm-hmm. and what you learn is that uh, being kind to people and being a people person is what Really the business is about because you can be the best singer, but if you're an asshole then no one wants to work with you then you won't be Whitney Houston yeah so um, I learned a lot of humility from working with Whitney and Brittany and a few other people like that um, it's usually the ones in between that feel that they should behave a certain way that that fame means something mm-hmm. or that fame requires you to be like standoffish or rude or Flash your success in people's faces. Where I, I have a problem with that, but the the high high ones uh, have been awesome, and they've been um, not as complicated as the world thinks they are. Yeah, mm. not as uh, rude and not as deep. I mm. mean, like weird. Like it, it, like people think that like they have these strange habits and they can't be. Normally they're, they're just mm. people who really really love music and actually it's their work ethic that makes them extraordinary. Mm. So, I, uh, Whitney Houston was a good time. We spent a lot of time on the, her last album together. She gave me a lot of advice. She's one of the reasons why we started Louis York. Mm-hmm. She, she told me several times in the sessions that I should be singing myself. Yeah. Every time I saw her after that, before she passed away, she'd say, like, when, when are you going to do this and stop bullshitting? Yeah. So, she was just real talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get that very often in this business, so... I attribute that real talk and that, gen- that generosity with her and she's one of the biggest artists ever. So yeah. it's been a good experience for me with artists like that. Hmm. Oh,
0: I thought you were gonna... Oh, no,
3: What was you guys'
0: first, if you remember, first song that you worked on is in like back of house, like writing or producing? First ever? First ever. Or first like one that meant something to you. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Hmm. Like first placement, kind first of.
0: Like, like the first, first big play. Okay, first yeah, big yeah, placement yeah. we can change it. To that My,
1: mine was um, Celine Dion. I got nothing left. What a big record! You, you just mm-hmm. drop that name on y'all. Yeah, man, it Celine was, Dion. It was you cr- know what she means to Jamaicans, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm already like, what? It's mental.
1: And it was it was crazy because like going through uh, going through trying to get in the music industry in Atlanta. Mm. People will always tell me my shit was too musical. <clears throat> so I, I had this group of tracks that I just used to shop to everybody. And be like, nah, it's too musical, it's too musical. And so I got this chance meeting with Neo just on some happenstance. He just heard one of my tracks, he wanted to meet me. So he was like, yo, I'm going to the studio with Celine Dion, you got anything? And I literally played the track that everybody rejected because it had all live instruments on yeah. it. Yeah. And that was, the, that was the first song he cut with me.
3: Well done. Right, <laughs> not, not a bad, not a bad first. Yeah. Hello, Come on, pressure. <laughs> um, the first, my first big cut was my, the first one that came out with My Life Was Suck Without You for Kelly Clarkson. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was me and Dr. Luke and Max Martin and Kelly Clarkson, obviously. <laughs> And it was through Clive Davis, so a lot of dreams come true in one thing. I I, I love Kelly Clarkson. I loved the album before that was "Since You've Been Gone," mm-hmm. but really I had dreamed of working with with Clive Davis and Max Martin mm. for a long time. And I met Luke, who was coming up at the same time at that time. So it was just a lot of powerhouses to learn from, and I was treated like an equal part of the project. And you, the thing about working with artists like that is you get to see quickly how big music can get. Yeah. So it's not just like, it, it doesn't slide on a mixtape and then people catch on. It's like when Celine Dion drops a record, the world knows. When Kelly Clarkson drops a record, the world knows. So you watch this song that was, like Chuck said, like just a track that everyone rejected or a song that was floating around become like a worldwide phenomenon and it makes you dream bigger as a musician. So mm-hmm. True. luckily our first placements actually, I think are the reason why we are who we are now, because we can't do anything small. <laughs> <laughs> because, we, because we just believe in, in things being as great as and international as possible right yeah dope
4: so um, though you had both written songs for so many huge artists my first time seeing you guys credited on something that I owned was Chrisette Michelle's Epiphany yeah so I have I I got that album for my 14th birthday
1: Happy
4: birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I always love reading, like, album credits. Who wrote the song? Who produces songs? Who's playing instruments? And I, that was the first time I saw your names together. So I wanted to just, like, ask, because t- I love that album to this day. And mm-hmm. I want to say, you guys did that shit on Mr. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, 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 man. What You Do, Notebook. Yeah, you guys killed it on that album. Yeah. Uh, notebook
3: so, isn't, people don't know about Notebook. Notebook, yeah. Yeah. notebook is, is the jam. That's the jam. Mm-hmm that been a single it should have been. been
4: it should have been um so what was it like working on that album and how did working on that album lead to your long-standing relationship that you guys have now because i understand that's the first project you worked
1: on together yeah done. it was it was crazy because as a as an amateur uh, producer and when i first got in the music business i was always uh, searching for a great top line you know what i'm saying because your production is nothing if the song not right. Mm-hmm. And so I was always seeking that. And it's, it's actually hard to find, you know what I'm saying, people who can really write the things that, like, if I'm doing a track, I hear, I hear the song a certain way. And to find somebody that can, can deliver that yeah. on the top line is very hard. And the two people that I found in this music business was Neo and Clark. Clark Kelly of course. Mm-hmm. So when we first I didn't know I didn't know him, my engineer had actually, um, showed me his myspace page <laughs> oh wow I had, a, I had
3: a dope myspace page you, see, you know i liked my myspace page a lot like
1: maybe six to seven months before i w- i met him he, he just showed me this pa- uh, this page he was like yo this is dope writer you should get in with him and i listened to his stuff and it was good you know what i'm saying but i didn't think that i was gonna get in with him you know what i'm saying he was in new york i was in atlanta i was signed to neo at the time so mm-hmm. i was working on this project with uh, and r named Steve Ferreira at Def Jam. Um, this lady named Anastasia. Hmm. And after I finished that project, he was like, "I got this. I got this girl. Um, that we don't. We don't really know what to do with her. She kind of too jazzy, kind of too musical. Yeah. And so they were just stuck, like, 'cause she had she had the Jay Z stuff out, she had the the Nas stuff out, that but first album, yeah. and she had that first album, but L.A. Reid. It was crazy, but L.A. Reid want hits, you know what I'm saying? Like, So he was yeah. just like, where is that? Where is that? Where is that? In the middle, down the, right down the middle kind of thing. So he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to pair you with this this pop guy that I know. And I yeah. think with your R&B flavor and his pop sensibility, y'all can come up with something for this girl. So the first day he, he flew down to Atlanta, came to the studio. And the first day we wrote Fragile. And wow! Like, the first, like, the, like within magic. within an hour of meeting each other, we started talking about um, the Supremes. Actually, mm-hmm. it was like. What are we gonna do with this girl? And he's like, he's like, I'm, I've been listening to the Supremes, and he played a couple Supremes thing, and I, I had did it so a, random. I had did the track for Fragile the night before. It Boy. was just that was just my first instinct. Like I'm gonna give her some musical, with something with some drive and some with uh, some pop sensibility. And, and so after we talked about the Supremes and. He played this, the song. I was like, check out this track. And it was the Fragile track. And he went right in there. Yeah. No paper. <laughs> no, no conversation. <laughs> it was just like, yo, like, let me get in the mic. Yeah. And it was 20, 30 minutes later, Fragile was
3: done. And when she walked in, she heard it. She was like, it was off to the races. From if then. you listen to Fragile, it sounds like we were influenced by the Supremes. Yeah. So don't you leave me, I don't want to leave, don't leave me. <laughs> it was all like, I imagine, like the 70s Supremes. Yeah. Just sliding off of him, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> leave me, I don't wanna leave. can you see me, me, me. And, she, and her voice just, yeah. that jazzy tone just slid over that stuff so good. So we was off to the races
1: from there. We wrote Fragile and... Um, blame it on me the same day. Yeah, boy, you guys are going in, man. Jeez. Yeah, man. I mean,
3: we, we 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 clicked, and then literally ever since then, every song we've done has been like very purposeful. Yeah, yeah. it was a good pairing, and then we did we did he did the whole album because Neo did half of it, mm-hmm. I did the other half, and ever ever since then they've been calling us to do stuff. Dynamic duo. Yeah, <laughs> so now you, uh, yeah, yeah man. exactly. Oh, exactly. That that's was it the beginning
1: of Louis Short. The we just didn't know short. it yet. Yeah. But that
3: but the crazy thing is, back then we were talking about like what if we had a label Yeah. and what if we had a company together and what would it be and what, and what kind of artists would we sign Yeah. and uh, and literally every
1: time we would get together to, to write that would be our thing like when we had lunch it's like who would you sign John Mayer Bruno Mars who would you sign and we just go back back and forth Beyonce
3: and Rihanna and we just debate like nah nah we have crazy rosters gotta be this five and we just and we write it down and right. I don't know what we're writing it down for because we couldn't sign pink. And <laughs> before, but <laughs> yeah. but it was just this idea of like, well, well, how we configure something that would change the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that yeah. was that was the goal. And we, we and really what it was, we were sparring. It was like sh- iron sharpening iron. Yeah. yeah, so you realize like, well, well, how does your brain work? How does my brain work? How does it work together? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Dark. Well, I was actually going to take it back a bit actually,
2: and I just wanted to kind of un- let's go around the theme of identity. So in terms of, I remember seeing an interview by you, Claude, and you were saying that um, when you're writing a song for an artist, you usually try and emulate their voice. Mm-hmm. So you usually try and, um, like, you know, with Britney Spears, she has her little, mm-hmm. you know, noises that she makes when she starts singing and stuff. When you started to become your own artist, mm-hmm. how did you find your own voice? And if someone was to emulate you, what do you think it would sound like? <laughs> That's a
3: good Damn question. <laughs> answer it (laughs) (laughs) it took some time yeah the re i think the reason why i um was so in love with being a songwriter was that i loved the imagination of of wearing all these different hats Yeah. yeah and becoming artists so I did do that, I, I, I would imitate artists. But the, the key is that you can't imitate them so, if you imitate them too much, then it becomes offensive. And yeah. now you're just trying to play me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're just making fun of my little style. Right? You do a mean A kind though. Right? Yeah. But, but, I, but I would make it sound enough like them where they could hear themselves doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was it's really, what it was more about was just like emulating their, um, not not so much uh, copying their voice, but their style. Because yeah, everyone, because people sing, the way they talk. Some people sing fast. They hold notes. That's the way their vibrato is. It's, yeah. the, it's the key that the song is in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would kill my own voice. Just to. Because I knew like, if, well, if we put this song in this key for corset, she's going to hear her She'll be able to sing along. I'm like, oh my God, I sound good. Let's yeah. do this. So it's stuff like that. So it, I never thought about I never thought of myself as an artist. I never had this plan of like I'm gonna do this for a while, then I'll jumpstart my career. Yeah, and I think part of that was also because I was so good at being everyone else that I didn't really know what my voice would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I think what what made me find my voice was performing live. Okay. Cause um I had to, cause you can be whatever you want in the studio. You can make songs sound however you want in the studio, but when you get on stage you have to find a way to actually connect with people. Mm. And they can sift out the bullshit really easily. Mm. The karaoke, I don't like it, so I wouldn't want to give it to people. So when we first started writing songs for Lewis York, um, I think that they were great songs, but I think they really became what they became when we started delivering them to people. And I started to realize how my voice could be used. The best on those songs and the best for what we were building together. Mm. And that's, I mean, we talk about, Chuck pushes me a lot because he knows that, I think he knows, he doesn't say this, but I think he knows that I can do a lot, so he didn't mm-hmm. allow me to just do whatever. But we, the, a, a big part of it is trying to do things that are not being done. So I didn't want to sound like Chris Brown or Usher or Mario or Tank or anyone else. And I wasn't trying to compete with them in their lane. I was like, what sounds are not being used? Mm. So I listened to a lot of Sting. And a lot of Phil Collins. Okay. And Seal. I love Phil Collins. Phil yeah. Collins is a man. Yeah, mm. yeah. I love uh, we we worked with Seal together in L. A. Really. And he left a very lasting impression on me yeah. as as an artist, as a black man, as um as a vocal sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a lot of female artists too, because I think there's a lot of power into how if you're the opposite sex, you translate that vibe and make because there's more opportunity for you to make it your own yeah mm-hmm. if i'm if i'm singing marvin gay all you gonna do is compare me to marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. but if i'm interpreting uh cindy lopper then you can't really trace the you can't really trace where it came from mm-hmm. so i draw from a lot of stuff like that a lot of earth wind and fire a i remember
2: you guys said that you are the two, two man man earth, yeah. Wind yeah, and Fire. yeah you yeah said that.
3: but i but in my mind it's so specific I wish I could explain it. When I'm singing songs, even when, I'm, even when we're performing songs, there's at least 10 artists per song in my head yeah. mm. that I'm trying to be as good as. Yeah. Trying to depict in terms of feeling. So like one line alone might be John Mayer and the next line might be Tony Braxton, the third line might be Bob Marley and the fourth line might be Whitney Houston. This mm. I hear all, this it's a mashup of all these artists that I think have incredible tones. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere in there be- between all of that you've gotten this What's Claude what Claude Kelly, what Clark Kelly of Lewis York Sound is. Mm. Uh, so I don't know how to tell people to, to to emulate it. It's 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 not. I don't do I don't do a lot. Of, I don't do crazy runs. I can, but I choose not to. Yeah. I think it's. I, I think. Okay. I, yeah, don't <laughs> get, twisted. don't get twisted. Don't can. get twisted. Don't get twisted. Um. I can. I can do everything. But we believe in melody and lyrics. Yeah. So I think the best way to. I guess emulate me, would be don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you must try uh do a lot of runs don't do a lot of runs <laughs> yeah. i don't know it's 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 soulful it's it has a little country and it. it has a little rock in it yeah uh i'm just me Oh. i'm just me I, I i like me though just quickly you say croon croon <laughs> all right yeah well, I'll, I'll take that <laughs> definitely 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 you have to get emotional yeah yeah I, I, I try to wear my heart on my sleeve with my songs and my performances
2: so mm. I was this is a separate question but I was gonna ask if you could give an example of like an artist that you emulate well so like I have a, Britney Spears, or oh a Britney Spears or someone do your Britney
1: Spears don't do that <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> um, uh, I don't know Britney Spears um
3: I don't I, know I, I've, I've done a lot of Britney Spears all eyes on me in the center of the ring just like a sir that's me on the record <laughs> uh huh that's me doing it so that's it. how you that's yeah. how you record it for her oh yeah 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 oh, okay cool um I don't know who I emulate well. I, I I actually do a lot of people well. I do a, I do A I do I used to do Acon a lot. Yeah. Um so you I know could, what you have to do now, right? I gotta imitate <laughs> ACON. Um Damn. What's a, what's, what's, what's a good what's what what's sound to emulate? Um Don't matter. Let's do that. Which one? Don't matter nobody wanna see us together but it don't matter no cause I got you all the time <laughs> <laughs> Akon's gonna kill me <laughs> no but, but I mean he taught me a lot I used yeah, to, I used to be in the studio with him he's one of the first people that put me on okay. like how Neo was for Chuck and Akon was for me yeah. so he taught me how to record how to keep it simple mm. how to stack perfectly mm. his stacks are perfect yeah man like they're super tight. It sounds like it's autotune mm. and it might be on there, but Akon's voice actually just sounds like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't know. It's that. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So But everybody. I've demoed for Tony Braxton and everybody. Go to Tony
4: impression quickly.
3: Tony. I can't do that. I can't do that. No, 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 no. I I respect Tony way too much to do that. <laughs> Tony's iconic. I'm not gonna do that for yeah. him. I'm not do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, you've answered a lot of my questions in that Sorry, question exactly, no it's exactly. fine no it's good it's good it's good that we got the chance to do, to answer them um, what differs from your process as Lewis York versus your process as just a duo for another artist um, if anything
1: like a lot for, for me as, as, a, as a producer as soon as I'm going in with an artist I have to put myself in a particular box and it's whatever box I think that they they need to be in to thrive yeah you know what I'm saying like the majority of the songs that I've done outside of Lewis Short, I would have never even done them for Lewis Short, and vice versa. Like if you listen to Lewis Short songs, there's not another artist that I would even attempt that that groove on or put it in that key or yeah. those chord changes because it's you put yourself in the box so that you can get the best out the artist. I'm not I'm not a producer that just do a lot of shit that sounds like me and I give it to a lot of different people. I actually become what i think the artist needs at the time so with lewis short it becomes limitless because we don't like we know all the same music we have all the same influences and so we can just be really 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 free and that's why the music sounds so free because we don't have that box to he's my mirror musically so Mm -hmm. wherever i'm trying to go he know how to get there too so it's 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 more it's it's definitely more, a lot more freedom when it comes to Lewis York than producing fathers.
0: Does that inform how long it might take you to produce a song and write and all of the other components with a song that's Lewis Yorks versus a song that's, say, I don't know, Britney Spears or something like that?
1: Um, not necessarily same length. Yeah, like I, like we, 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 we give a hundred and twenty percent to every single thing we put out, so it takes the same amount of time. Like right. if I'm doing Lewis York, if I'm doing. Tanache, my process is my process and I'm gonna go three, four, five days on the mm. track. You
3: know what I'm saying? Like I go in. The difference the only difference is that we won't for Lewis Struck, we have the freedom to not settle. Yeah. So we can say like I'm gonna do that again or or is that is that is that what the best thing it could be? And then we can really challenge ourselves. Mm. And there's always a limit with artists. There's a deadline for them. we have deadlines too, but there's a deadline for them. There's how far we can push another artist to yeah sing it again. Mm. or think of, about you know
1: a lot of times we find that a lot of artists don't really like the studio process they, which they, is weird
3: to me they trying
1: to get out of there as soon as possible For with Lewis York the studio is our sanctuary we want to be in there we we can't wait to be in the studio figuring it 16, out 16, 17
3: hours but for mm.
1: most artists they just trying to cut that vocal and get out of there yeah. never
3: understood it but I, I, yeah I mean it, it's limiting for us to me there's like a rush to get out there and get to the bag but they mm. don't, but people don't realize that like the more time you spend making a quality in there, the bigger the bag is. Yeah. So if you get in there and you spend time figuring out the best possible vocal, the best key—is that the best I can do it? Is the song really done, or can we take it up a notch? Yeah. Then, you get thriller. Yeah. Like like we'll we'll do a whole song.
1: I'm talking about from beginning to end, strings, horns, the whole nine, and we'd we'll be like, "Well, it need to be about six BPM faster, faster and a new key, two two keys higher," and yeah. so. I go and redo the whole track for Lewis York, but I don't have that luxury when you're working with other artists. Yeah. Mm,
4: That makes a lot of sense. Um, So, Eden mentioned about, you know, having to find your own voice. So, did you guys have any apprehension when you were transitioning into Lewis York? Because, Obviously, over the years, when it's come to people from behind the scenes coming into the forefront, there's been mixed results. And I wrote some names down just so I make sure I got this. Uh, Obviously, we've had like, you know, we've had the highs of like Babyface and The Dream and Kerry Hillson, Bruno Mars. But then unfortunately, we've had, you know, like John to Austin and Esther Deans and Sean Garrett, who unfortunately weren't able to replicate the success mm. of their writing production credits. So Mm. how did you guys feel when
3: moving into Lewis York? We were cool with it. Yeah. We weren't the problem. Every, we as soon as we realized we were Lewis York and I, like one of the first songs we did was Slow Motion. That was like the second song we wrote for Lewis York and Claire Huxley. That was like probably the third song we wrote, third or fourth. We were very excited about it because it was our way out of depression. It was our way out of the industry as it was, which was feeling super caged caged in and super whack. Um we were getting the same calls. So as soon as we discovered there was this new thing we found, we were happy about it. Um, it was never us. The issue was that people don't like to see you grow and change mm. because it, it, it rocks the boat of how money's getting made. It rocks the boat of the system in place that everyone's comfortable with. Mm. So it was more an issue of overcoming the naysayers mm. to allow ourselves to be free enough to be what Lewis York is. Mm. So I would say the whole first part of Louis York was us taking time to convince people first that, hey, we were a songwriter and producer, but now take it seriously as a band. Yeah. And yeah. then internally... Getting rid of all that, all the all the things and people that weren't confident enough to ride this wave with us. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we okay. were on. We were we were excited from day once we knew what Lewis York was and where the workshop was. We were we were out of here. And also the other good th- part about it was when we started Lewis
1: York. It was so organic. Like like he said, like he wasn't looking to become an artist the whole time that he was writing. I definitely wasn't looking to become no artist. I was. I'm a producer, you know what mm. I'm saying? So I was really cool doing that. So the transition from Lewis Short was initially, it was not for us to duplicate the success we had, which made it easier. I think the problem is is that we don't get a lot of great music because people are trying to get to that to success yeah. or what they think success is. Yeah. And so we had, we had that form of success and it made us depressed. And so we weren't even searching for that. We was we were searching for purpose. Ah. Purpose. <clears throat> it's an easier road, man. Yeah. Like if 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 you if you're bold enough to like really search and walk out your purpose, it's a it's an easier path because ain't nobody on it.
2: That's really interesting that you talk about purpose because it goes into the whole idea that um, artists are. It's always it's always for more. You're always making music to um, either change someone's life or influence something, um, and on this podcast, I'm kind of known as the technology person. And I kind of want to bring here like a discussion about the future. So we've gone to the past, we've come to the present, and I want to talk about the future. And in the future, it's kind of predicted that, I read recently, like in 2030, there'll be some form of like AI involved in the music process. Yeah, And there are things out there, like something called Amper Music, which is a program that will create beats for you. You just yeah. have to put in, the genre and the mood, and it comes up with a beat.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and from there, you're able to create a song. As two artists who have been involved in the process, so songwriting, producing, and then actually making your own music, how does that make you feel that AI could potentially do what you do so
1: naturally? Uh... At first, it pissed me off. <laughs> but it pissed me off to a point where I'm like, humans are smarter than machines you know what i'm saying we just have to find a way to navigate around the uh, around the sinister nature of that artificialness of music because music shouldn't be artificial music is about it's about collaboration it's a, it's about inspiration it's about all of the things that makes us human mm-hmm. and so when you when you get to that artificial shit <laughs> it gets hard, but you know, I, I just I feel like it's something to overcome as a musician. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like we should be stuck in it like or feel helpless about it because, in the end, we can control that shit. Yeah, like mm-hmm. actually, we can control what the future is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I look at it from that standpoint.
3: Yeah, and if you take a, a bigger view of it, I know I know we're in this right now and we're in the technological age, so it feels like what it's controlling us, but contrary to pop relief music music is bigger than technology Mm -hmm. um because it's not a product it's a it's a conversation yeah it's a communication Mm -hmm. so um there's like for example there's plenty of ways we've changed the business of how we can of how we talk to each other Mm -hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that we have to talk to each other Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so music is the actual talking to each other Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and so we might find ways to to adjust it or twist it but you still need two human beings for it to be called considered someone has to make a noise and someone has to hear a noise mm-hmm. you can't unless the, uh, uh, if that's not happening Then literally that then we're not even alive anymore yeah, yeah. so for me it's i think it's naive to think that that any technology could replace human interaction and human touch it's just not possible mm-hmm. um Someone has to be feeling something to remember it. Yeah. Has to, it has to be a, a, attached to a, an experience or an emotion. It has to make you cry or laugh or dance for you to even say, oh, that was music. Mm. Or that was a song that I love. Mm. So you're going to need a human to send it and a human to receive it okay. for that to happen. Technology might help it get there along the way. Yeah, It might make it faster. Mm. But that's just what it is. And what we've learned just even in, in the last couple of years is that We've been reminded rather is that the music business, which involves the technology of music, is still only a hundred years old. Yeah. But music It's been yeah. It's since the time that human beings existed. Yeah. And before that, because we're not the only things that make music. Yeah. Birds make music and, yeah. Yeah. and and all animals make whales make music. Yeah. yeah. So just monetizing it and trying to find the fastest computer way to get it to people is, is the business of making money that is a hundred years old. Mm -hmm. And if you think that something that happened the last hundred years is going to, is going to trump what's been happening since the dawn of time. It's just, I have more respect for nature than that. That's, that's
2: really beautiful. Mm Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted just to expand on that. I hope you guys don't mind if that's okay. okay. Um, But I wanted to expand on that because when I see, So like from my perspective, when I see things like when Ed Sheeran says, he went on a a TV show a while ago, um, I can't remember which one, but he said he can play four four chords Mm -hmm. sorry, and um, it can relate with the majority of the songs that are in the top 40 within the UK Mm -hmm. um, and on Billboard. And he played a few songs and used four four chords only and it matched it. Mm -hmm. Um, And also when I look at things like, um, a few of, like, the Marvin Gaye um, family suing, like, Pharrell, for example, and the way that um, there's so many similarities, maybe, um, in the undercoat of music. It makes me wonder could it be algorithmic? Is there a way that you're able to make a sound that everyone loves from a machine and people won't be able to tell the difference?
3: That's already happening, though. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that happens now, but. I've even asked y'all this question, but the thing I hear the most is that like music is just it doesn't feel the same, or it's it's boring, or I, it's, it all sounds the same. So that means that universally we're un, we're not inspired by it. So that, which means that we're not being fooled. In essence, is that yes, you can take four chords, and there are absolutely several several patterns of four chords that sound good. I know them. Chuck know knows them. Before. We avoid them. <laughs> we <laughs> know when you can use them, and and and, and 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 in right what context. <laughs> But that's not the reason you turn the radio on or go on to your streaming service. You you, you turn on music to be inspired mm. or to be rem- or remember something or to, f- to be taken somewhere. And so, so every now and then the four chords, do it because it's done done well, mm. but that'll never replace the totality of what music can do. Mm. And it's naive even. I've heard the Ed Sheeran quote before and it's it's cute in terms of charts, Yeah, but not all hits are on charts. Yeah, like, Happy Birthday was on a chart. It's a, it's a hit record because everyone's singing. <laughs> Sorry, Shark. you guys. Baby Shark is no. on a chart.
2: You guys can't see this, but Shoppe is
3: pointing. <laughs> like his finger's just going in no, the corner. I, I hit, I, a hit record means that the whole world has been changed by it. Yeah. And some of those, yes, the music industry has decided for you. These are songs that we hope you will enjoy. Yeah. Su- all the music industry is a, is a suggestion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of songs <laughs> that, you should, that you should consider Every <laughs> year yeah, right? That doesn't that, that that replace um, <laughs> Lots of other ways we learn songs mm. There's commercials, there's jingles There's movies. movies There's songs that get passed down Through Ancestry percent, mm-hmm. man. There's Just religious things here. that have nothing to do with the charts At all
1: And I, I, I think to that point I, I feel I like that. the unfortunate part about it Is so many of our genius creatives Of this time are so focused on the music business mm. part mm. of it, that one small piece of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it drives them crazy because it's like you said, music is so expensive. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like mm. there's so many ways. And so we should, we should, be, as creators, we should be exploring those, those ways while we're alive. Mm. 100%, man.
0: I yeah. agree. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I think there's so many... Communal hits as well, like yeah. that don't reach the charts, but we know them and we will yeah. know them for generations to come. So I love that point from both of you. Um, similarly, similar tones. I'm um, obviously you guys are Grammy nominated um, artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you about this year's Grammys and the Grammys overall. Um, mm-hmm. I think. As the years go on, we see people critique them for blocking us out, um, us being black people um, mm. and black creators and black artists. Obviously we had the Adele moment with Beyonce over the years. We've had many moments like that as well. Um, we have categories which are substitutes for album of the year for black people um, or r and people. Um, more specifically, we have Urban Contemporary, which is highly contested. Um, what do you guys think of using awards as metrics um, and how do you guys view awards um, as artists as well in the industry?
3: Um, okay, so I think that listen, if the, uh, about award shows, period. I think that musicians work very hard mm. and I think that there needs to be a metric system to, like every other industry mm. to define what's professional and what's amateur Mm -hmm. and amongst those what's been the top tier when you when all of us work hard all year there needs to be a a space in an area for us to celebrate each other whether you win the award or not and a place for us to come together and and that's necessary um my issue is not with the awards themselves um it's obvious there's it's it's no secret that there's a there's a race issue with, with awards it's how they get broken down and what gets considered, that's, that's just what it is. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that people don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that um, award shows, like many other things, have gotten watered down into a television moment. Mm. And that's, uh, we know TV is a way for many people to see it, but it shouldn't take away from the quality of what a, a music award show should be, which mm. is uh, celebrating the actual best of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's gotten so big as a TV thing that I think we've lost sight of of rewarding and highlighting, promoting, spotlighting the next best, the very best, um, and who deserves to get the, the shine. Mm-hmm. We were, we've been nominated, we've been snubbed, mm-hmm. we've lost. The, the songs we've worked on have won for the artist and not for the songwriter. We've been yeah. on every single yeah. side of the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And, when, and recently we were part of the nominating committee and it changed a lot of how we learned the process goes mm-hmm. and for black music specifically i will say that uh it's not as easy as people think it is to parse it down to five to five six seven nominees mm-hmm. um and on top of that it's also lately in my person's my personal opinion yeah r&b has been lackluster in general So there's a lot of complaints, I think, that get misconstrued because now we're in a fan culture. And so, of course, everyone wants their favorite to win Mm -hmm. because that makes them feel good. They know, it makes their favorite feel good. Mm -hmm. It's a reason to celebrate. But it's not as honest about what the best music of the year is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to be honest about what the best music of the year is. And when you're being honest Mm -hmm. about what you see at the talent shows at the high schools you go to Mm -hmm. and the open mics you go to, and what you expect from the movies you go to and the Broadway you go to see, yeah. and then you talk about what's on the radio and how good it is and how well they're performing it and how will they deliver it and how will they know their song and how well the band sounds. Yeah. If we're being honest about what excellence it really is, then we should be doing a lot more hard work and a lot less complaining right now. Mm-hmm. The race thing is always gonna be there and that's always something to challenge. To see the table conversation, will always be a conversation because we, we are the minority when it comes to the powers that be but the excellence that we're sliding in the door it's got to, we're capable of a lot mm-hmm. and we heard a lot and it wasn't necessarily great
1: yeah mm-hmm. it's so true please, oh, sorry, answer, no, answer, no 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 go no go no, ahead. Please answer, answer no, no I was just saying <laughs> true <laughs> I
0: was just saying true um, I was gonna say so you saying the race conversations always going to be there mm-hmm. do you think that we need to then with the awards that are in existence, pivot away from certain award shows versus others? Or do you think it's creation of these spaces? Do you think it's about being nominees on these kind of, um, on these uh, committees? Do you th- or what, what do you think the solution is to kind of get to a place that's wholly as equal as possible? Because I know that full equality in this society is, is hard, but it as is close hard. to it as possible. Yeah. What what do you guys think the solution is?
1: I mean, the obvious solution for black people would be to support their own Oof. award yeah. shows. Well, that, that would be a- the a- a- well. <laughs> that, and make them premium. And make them premium. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately we don't we don't like to do that a lot. You know what I'm saying? So our award shows would literally be some some shady shit that be on, (laughs) be on BET, like, late at night and shit. It's not, it's not premium yet, and so that would be the obvious solution, because anytime you're trying to get a seat at the table, you gotta, if you don't own the table, you're less than, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and so that's, that's where we suffer from. We've always suffered from that, and I think if, if we want to continue down that route, like he said, we, we just gotta level up, like, we, we got to get to that point where it's so undeniable, like Michael Jackson and Prince was so undeniable that you just had to give him a seat at that table. And so I think we should be doing a lot more of that as our creatives.
4: Yeah. Um, so you guys mentioned the race thing and it actually perfectly leads into this question. OK, so mm-hmm. you said, and I quote. I am the king of research okay. mm. So when you were doing promo for the new album American Griots um, You said we really wanted to highlight the fact that black people started all of American music mm. Rock and roll, country, R&B And my favorite part what people consider pop and jazz. So, and I saw you guys recently on Love and Hip Hop, it's a great pleasure of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking to K. Michelle, who's yeah. obviously had these long standing dreams about, you know, country. country music. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, so now that we have the, the chats about you know, the Grammys and there's always been a race issues, even with the charts, like I've mentioned it before, like the US R&B chart used to be called the Hot Black Singles chart, like mm. in the yeah, 50s yeah. And 60s. Times. Exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So like, it's like, mm. so <laughs> so like we've now came a wanting to do country. And obviously you guys, like you guys have like literally every genre. Like I've, I've even heard like musical theater and mm-hmm. folk and, yeah, 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 yeah. and rap across all your, your EPs and the album. So like, do you really think it's, possible to have black artists thrive in the non-urban genres like could we really have black artists thrive in country thrive in folk even jazz because even jazz has been colonized yeah like, everything is sure. the shit but like no herbie hancock you know mm-hmm. and miles davis charlie parker so do you think it's actually possible
3: yeah we invented it yeah i, I meant what i said I, I don't know which one of us said that but we said a lot like black people black people in america invented all of those art forms, and I'm not making that up. there are artists in on Wikipedia and and, and and on the Googles that that were the that were the trailblazers and and the godfathers of all those genres yeah um, that's just a fact yeah that's history um, the beginning of the music we live in Nashville, we moved to Nashville that's where the workshop is our company, and uh, the the Fisk Jubilee singers. I thought my fist, sweater just now, because I looked down. Uh, the fist Jubilee Singers are actually the first black artists in America ever to travel back to London and sing. For, they got named the Jubilee Singers because the Queen heard them and said.
1: Um, no, it was, it, Nashville is. Na, named, no, Na, Nashville, Nashville is, named is named music, music city, city because, because they the came queen. to perform
3: for the Queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the original sheet music, which now is which is the beginning of the music business selling music. Mm-hmm. The first sheet music was was the spiritual, was the fifth Jubilee singers saying.
1: And they were the first to go platinum. They so. the first
3: to go platinum. So we started everything. When was that? That was like, oh, 100, <laughs> 125. They're selling me to bring 125 years. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That doesn't seem that, that's actually not that long ago. So, no. That the oh, music sorry, business did. began. That, and I remember that all began with, right after that was the first recorded music, which was the Fisk Jubilee singers. Mm-hmm. The first like actual recordings if you go to Nashville there's there's museums that take you through like the original rough recordings that were really really poor quality so everything from that country comes from just like spirituals comes from the slave struggle, struggles country yeah. comes from the same thing and rock and roll is a derivative of that yeah. and jazz mm-hmm. is a derivative of mm-hmm. all, all derivative of, of, of our soul music so we, we are always the leaders of the sound mm-hmm. there are people that know how to market the sound better yeah. and profit off the sound better and yeah. remix it but and that's
1: what that's what I was going to say like
3: once we once we come
1: up with the sound then people learn how to do it then it's up to us to to recreate ourselves because we are the leaders of it yeah. Yeah. and a lot of times we can't reclaim that 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 uh those spots in those genres because we we continue to try to do what we we've been doing and they know how to do it by then, so yeah. they definitely not going to get you the money to exactly. do it. Yeah,
3: yeah. And see, black people's problem in general is that we're we're so talent rich yeah. that we don't even see we don't even realize the value in every single thing we're doing. Mm. So, like one of us could like literally stand up right now and make up a new dance and just and laugh about it and sit back down and move on. And, this, and that would be that.
1: I mean, you see it in a Target commercial. Someone, <laughs> like someone
3: else would see like home, that's the dance that's going to change the world for the next ten years. Yeah. yeah. We can make ten dances up in the time it. So there, there's just so much happen. We, our creative brains move and our souls move so fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Through, through what's already happened, through what's happening now, and what is to be, that we often don't take the time to monetize our gift. Yeah. <laughs> for ourselves because we're just so busy being creative. Yeah. 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 And being innovative, we make it all up and don't even realize what we made up is a new gem. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But it's so sad that we even live in those structures yes. that we have to think about monetizing. It's so sad that we, because you're talking about something that's so intuitive and like so creative in terms of like, we're just humans. Like on a human level, just mm-hmm. creating should just be creating. But it's so sad that these structures exist where you have to think about the monetization or all yeah. like that of, of, of everything. Yeah. And the eyebrows on Fleet Girl came to head when <laughs> you said about monetization, you yeah. know, um, Peaches and Peaches Monroe. And it's, it's, really, it's really upsetting that you know, everything that we make is pretty much taken from us. And then mm-hmm. we have to, as you said, level up yeah. to like claim our spots or fight for a spot that's so easily given to an Elvis, to mm-hmm. an Iggy. Well not now, but Iggy in the beginning
5: Karma of- <laughs> 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 came come back you for me.
0: that. One.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. But um, yeah, I'll jump
0: it over to Eden as we're,
2: we're short Well actually tag. it kind of beautifully kind of just enters Segues. where I wanted to come. Yeah, like a nice segue. Cause I wanted to talk about your album title. Mm. Yeah. So like yes. American Griots. Now I always make a joke about like my upbringing. I always say that I have quite a hotep dad. Um, <laughs> so I'm quite familiar with what a griot is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the whole culture behind it and everything. But would you be able to explain it for our audience?
3: Sure. So we discovered the word in the process of studying to put this album out. And I should start by saying that this the album is full of a lot of music, but the truth is that we spend 90% of the time just researching, studying, debating, talking. And the 10% left is what you hear on the album. That's mm-hmm. the output. Mm-hmm. So we discovered the word griot, which is the term for a West African uh, traveling poet, musician, storyteller. storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beauty of it is that unlike now with the business, you can't just get up and say, yo, I wanna be, I'm, I'm going to be the next griot. I'm, I'm, I'm about to get in the game. You have to be either born into it or trained extensively by Mm. an existing griot to do this thing so it's not just a it's a job it's a life calling Mm -hmm. um and the idea that that people would travel around and tell the oral tradition of society through shows and through music um for for two black american men was very very deep Mm -hmm. because for us specifically what we get taught is that it all started on a slave ship Mm. And we were taught all of our information, our talent, and our education, and our morals, and all that stuff. Religion. Religion. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a true blue musician like we are, it's if it's a deep spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. And you're always trying to figure out, like, well, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And it couldn't start on a slave ship. Like, if it, sometimes it feels so ancestral yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you're trying to figure out, like, why it feels so familiar, like mm-hmm. deja vu. Yeah. So, it just that title is like, thank you. I knew this felt like my mm-hmm. ancestors were doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that this calling, this spiritual calling to, to get out and create and share songs and perform and tell lessons through song wasn't just for Billboard. Mm-hmm. But it was something that was probably what my great 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 ancestors were doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but we adopted it for that mm-hmm. reason. And then the American part is because we're American, so it modernizes it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the title is not just a cool word for the album, it's a call to action. Yeah. Um, first for us, which is why we took so much time with the album, but it's for our peers, for you guys, for the listeners yeah. to be like, if you claim to do music, mm. then it's not just a gig, it's a spiritual calling. Mm. Mm. And if you're touring or you're putting on Spotify or on SoundCloud or Apple, mm. that means that you are literally a griot put, dropping your, your oral history mm. in different towns. So that's a responsibility yeah so yeah. do your best take it seriously your words matter mm-hmm. um your melodies matter yeah your presentation matters no matter mm-hmm. what it is it, it, it could be the most ratchet shit ever it could be the mm-hmm. most operatic thing ever i don't care we're not judging that mm-hmm. just make sure that whatever your message is that you're saying it clearly yeah, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: um we, we sometimes me and chuck cringe on on new music friday just at titles because artists don't understand that. <laughs> Your title is, is prophecy. It
1: has power. Your so words you, have so power. So if your
3: song is like Um, You'll Never Hear Me Again. <laughs> I would yeah. want as a musician that's <laughs> well, absolute affirmation, <laughs> <Right. an> affirmation. <laughs> so You, you know, might not want to no. repeat that for your hook.
0: <laughs> yeah. You'll never hear me I again. Mean, Selena
3: Gomez, look at her now. <laughs> we looked at her. Yeah. It was a great reason. If you say look at me now, then make sure that we will look at you. Yeah. 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 Have something to say. Yeah. yeah. You see yeah, what you know, I'm saying? I have nothing to sing. Yeah. Like and, and, and if
0: it's gonna be a dark, you saw that performance. But if it's gonna be a dark you saw title, also on social
3: media. If it's gonna be a dark title then make sure that when the eyes are on you because it's dark, mm, that mm, you're explaining why we're here. Yeah. Like the last night we performed at, at um, other songs here in town and we, and we did a rendition of Russian Roulette. Dark song. Yeah. But when you spotlight the song and mm-hmm. the artist and history tells the story of when that song took place, what was happening in her life, yeah. where we were at, That's then nice. it's not makes just sense. her being dark because she felt like being dark. Yeah, Maybe, she
1: had something to say. She had something
3: to say about domestic abuse yeah. and about fame and about black women at that time and mm. res- asserting your independence mm. and and being daring about your first single yeah. and making it a ballad, and putting a rocket all of it is a message yeah. so we're just very careful that's what the griot thing is, is being careful mm. about what you do because if legacy is what we're worrying, worrying about then the goal is that after we're dead and gone someone will come back and find this stuff yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
3: they and will. if they find it it's gotta be
1: what are you saying to The all? oral
3: history of now for real, not mm. just, mm-hmm. I don't want people to come up to us and find a simulation have to figure it out. They yeah. should know the American is. Oh, that's what 2019, 2020 was like? Mm. Mm-hmm. Got you. I love yeah. that. that oh now go god. man. You sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I really wanted to tackle this question just because it was something you mentioned earlier and I really want to hone in on it. So you said when we were talking about the Grammys that R&B is in a tricky place, not mm-hmm. a great place. Um, Can we just delve into that? You are trying to get us in trouble? Don't even have to mention names. Yeah. (laughs) I was
4: surprised surprised you said that though. um, Yeah, let's. No, I
1: I just, I just, I just feel like a lot of times because we get so much content now, like when something is halfway right, it gets celebrated like it's all the way right. Like we celebrate mediocrity as it. Like we basically celebrate album cuts now. And back then, like, album cut was, that was just something that had to be on the album, but now it's just like, that might be the song of the year. Mm. And you're like, what the hell? Like, that was, like, it's cool, but it's not, it's not Thriller, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not Bob Marley, it's not none of the great things that we've done, and so a lot of times, um, as musicians that search for greatness, we're so disappointed about what we have to celebrate. Because yeah. we got to celebrate something. You know what I'm saying? There has to be a category, and it's people, a lot of people put out music, but we, we, we could just have better things to celebrate. And we're, we're not being honest with ourselves. We're not being honest mm. about it.
3: I hear you. Like, Music is the only career where we even debate whether excellence should be the bar. If, 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 if you go to a restaurant, the trust is that the chef is giving his best, his or her mm. best, True. and you would not eat something that you know Was just done slapdash, or that, or or there was there's a hair in it, or spit in it. The reason why we're so adamant about that is because you expect for your food to be. You want your chefs to take it seriously. Mm, You want your doctors Mm. to take it seriously. If you pay to go see a sport, the reason why sports still hold that value is that you don't get on the basketball court unless you're the top five. Yeah. For that team, mm-hmm. and a team has more than five players. And so, there's how many people on the team, and still only the 12, top 13. five get on the team, yeah. get on the court. We mm-hmm. even mentioned, right? Or even mentioned, mm-hmm. right? So, with your clothing, with your sneakers, like I, I, I was thinking about, like a chair, right? Like you just we just trusted that someone made the chair with four legs mm-hmm. that are gonna hold you up right now, mm-hmm. and you would sue. <laughs> we'd be quick. We'd be quick to, to take to oh, take oh, someone to, to court if. You broke your neck because they were just doing chairs however you wanted.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: But music is soul work,
5: mm-hmm.
3: like spirituality is. So we should be a lot more restrictive and, 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 and uh, careful and demanding of excellence. Mm-hmm. I
0: definitely think like your conversation is right because obviously last year the end of last year tail end or beginning of this year we had the conversation about who's the king of r&b and then someone got mentioned recently as the queen of r&b by their boyfriend um and it's it's just really summer walker Walker. Um, and it's just it's it's really interesting when you guys say this kind of stuff (laughs) no 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 because the thing is i (laughs) i personally like summer walker's album she and the queen of r&b you know but like as you said you know saying that mediocrity shouldn't be the benchmark and obviously she's got an anxiety i'm not we're not going into that yeah. but in terms of like the bar it's one album like mm-hmm. we need to the, the needs yeah. there needs marination time yeah legacy there needs they need development they need development they needs a and r's they need so many pots mm-hmm. in that process you also don't
3: you, you don't get rewards music. for getting through the song yeah, yeah. that's i hate Ooh. that you get rewards I mean, for blowing me away with the if song. you're a professional Ooh.
0: i mean Talk the talk it's just what I said like, yeah. if, 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 you or, if you ordered food
3: mm. and they said it takes 25, 25 minutes to make a pizza I got through it here thank you Domino you the king of food you're the king of food you know, I want to know that in that 25 minutes you had the yeah. best tomato sauce yeah. cheese whatever like it, Like you don't get rewarded for just getting through it and, mm. and, and I'm yeah. sensitive on a personal level of anxiety because everybody when the pressure's on is capable of having extreme anxiety. 100%. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and, and many time. of the, the greatest have anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you start to A-B it, then... Is even with your anxiety, does that still allow you to not be your best, or not even, or not even for us to feel like you're giving your best? Hundred percent. Lots of people have anxiety. Uh, Barbara Streisand is is famous for anxiety. She doesn't do yes. a lot of shows because yeah. she's afraid to sing. Yeah. But then go watch every Barbara Streisand but when performance. You do? Yeah. You know, right. That's she the gets difference. Up there, that's
0: the difference.
3: Killed it. You how, know? Would, would we love LeBron James if he was like, I, guys, I promise, I am the best?
0: But, but time I got
3: a shoot, I get anxiety,
0: <laughs> and we're not denoting the thing. Is I'm personally not denoting that. I'm we still play an album, there's personally. no shade against it, it's not, it's no shade about that. But it's just these big titles that people run, yeah. that. And she might not even be running to it, but that the industry or the friends or the yes, men and women social media coats people in, and it's almost like we don't even need to do that. She yeah. sold how many records, whatever she broke, whatever barriers or whatever she did for herself, we don't need to be doing that and setting the setting her to an unreachable bar at album one, like yeah. it's just, yeah. And so I think what you guys just said about R&B right now and music in general and us accepting the bare minimum is, is really true and it range true to what we have there. There's not a potential out there. There's not a lot of
3: excellence
4: out there. 100%. Yeah. See, this is the thing. This is why I'm surprised you would say that cause I like R&B is my favorite thing in this world in this horrible <laughs> world, R&B is my favorite thing
0: is a love and joy. Yes, it really
4: that's is. It's a good thing. I'm an I'm, love and joy too. I'm an old soul. I'm an yeah. uncle. So <laughs> like, yeah. Teddy Penegrass, Minnie Ripperton, Brandy, that's that's me. Yeah. But yeah. um so obviously if it goes to the Grammys now, there are several songs that come out that don't get recognised. Even songs that you guys have been a part of, like mm-hmm. You Worked on Timia's Love Life, You Wrote Jasmine Sullivan's Forever Don't Last. Those mm. were incredible songs. Those yeah. were, in my opinion, R and B excellence, but the Grammys didn't award that or nominate that so I do see your point in terms of what makes makes it to the nominations I definitely like scratch my head like hmm okay but I kind of know it's like politics what's the commercial viability but Mm. there are several several great I, in my in my opinion, still great R and B artists, great R and B songs being made and written and produced. Like for example, like Leila Hathaway's live album from four years ago, that yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. But you know, hey, the Grammys think so? Yeah. Did that, did that but think that's so?
1: That, that's 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 when we we fall victim to it being a popularity contest. You know, a lot of times that the Grammys are vote, are you are voted by your peers, but a lot of times, black people don't vote. No. So. A, and and when white people voting for R&B, they know they not gonna know Jasmine Sullivan forever don't last. Yeah, no we know that. The mainstream in their face. Yeah, they'll know her because they see it a lot. They see it on the billboard, but they are not gonna know uh, Tamia lipstick. They they not gonna know yeah. those those deep well, which cuts. Again is the jam. Thank Thank yeah, you you man. Much. So Love so if we don't if we don't vote, it don't even get a chance. And so. A lot of times we, we skip out on that responsibility. But that's why this
3: year on the, on the nominees, you, listen, you can't win either way. Because if you don't, if the big favorites don't make it, then of course they have the big fan bases and so they're angry because their favorite for emotional reasons didn't get on. But the R&B category this year, I think were actually more fair than people realize. Mm. Because what ended up happening was a lot, especially um, in the contemporary and song categories, a lot of new artists... We given a shot to shine, not because there was a consensus to let new artists shine over. Mm-hmm. It was actually the best Better, songs so. that were heard
1: yeah.
3: when it, when it came time to decide what the what the categories were going to be mm-hmm. um, based off of what was given to us at, at the time um and even though it would have been more comfortable to pick everyone 's favorite.
5: Mm-hmm. We
3: felt like if we're being fair and being fair means that like we all expect that when our songs are in there, people would give them a fair listen to it if it weren 't as big a song as the A-lister of the day. Yeah. So we try, I think, I I don't think people realize that the people in those Grammy rooms are trying harder than they realize Mm -hmm. to be as fair as possible. And there are a limited amount of categories and so you're trying to fit things, circles into squares sometimes. Like sometimes there is no, black people do more than just the urban contemporary, the hip hop and the, so you're trying to find the best place for things to fit. Mm -hmm. But in general, we do our best with, uh, the limitations we have but that would and I also want to add more thing about what you said about j- the stuff like Jasmine and stuff that that's why it's important to realize that the awards are not everything because you go to that Jasmine show and all them clips are forever don't last mm-hmm. so it's still a hit mm-hmm. it may not be a Grammy award winning hit but when you go to the shows and you watch those cameras up and you watch what people are singing along to mm-hmm. and when I see people approach Chuck about it they're like that forever don't last is just oh I keep play it I play it nonstop mm. and so yeah. it's a, and if the conversations being had then Chuck reach people mm. that's right
0: when you have the streets you have yeah you have you have them
3: you know a good friend of ours said that it's not a revolution unless the streets oh yeah the 100%. folk yeah are yeah. on board yeah strong answer cool um, <laughs> he's like great
2: <laughs> 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 um, I wanted to ask about because I. I I love the fact that you've written all these great songs and everything for these amazing, incredible artists. But at the same time, I wanna talk about you guys, Lewis York, and I wanna talk about Let's. Yeah, I wanna talk about your <laughs> beginning, like your first your first song, which was um, Claire Huxtable. Hey but
3: I'm looking for my, queen, my Claire Huckstable. The black dream, it sounds so wonderful the only thing
2: i need my claire hunt the balls mm-hmm. talk to me about that because i can kind of relate to that so That's i don't know if I'm you watch about. i don't know if you watch this is us yeah 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 so oh i'm Lord looking for e. i'm looking for my beth pearson in this <laughs> so i can yeah. definitely relate to what she's you're saying yeah she's amazing honestly and yes. she's jamaican she's a she's jamaican so you as guys
3: well. are, you, she what?
2: she's jamaican i know exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> i'm not saying anything but she's jamaican that's all i'm gonna she's say. Just putting it out there yeah okay, i'm just cool. putting it out there um but yeah talk to me about the inspiration behind that song and also like um if you want to talk about the build-up for that so it was your first song coming out as a group mm-hmm. after being behind these incredible artists and seeing your songs go around the world what was the expectation behind it just yeah, give us an in- insight to that song.
1: Well, as far as expectations, we didn't have any. You know what I'm saying? Even at at the time, even on Instagram, we had like ten followers as well. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it wasn't like we 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 felt like we was gonna drop it and it was gonna go to number one. We were really trying to find ourselves as as musicians, as as artists, because it was still a, a term that we didn't we did not we weren't quite wasn't ready to take on. You know what I'm saying? Because we. We saw the good, the bad, and the ugly hmm. of, of that term. I and mean, it's more bad and ugly than it is good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For every, every good artist I know, it's, it's 10 great artists that never get the shot. Yeah. I mean, they, they just never get that break. And mm-hmm. so we wasn't, there was no fantasy to it. Like we want to be artists and so we're going to climb up the charts and we're going to get this bread. It was nothing like that. It was yeah. just more like this is our, but this is our humble offering. Let's yeah. see what happens. And and as far as the song, it, it literally started for, from a conversation, of, of a life conversation. Like, what's missing out of life? What, what you thinking about? What, what, what are, what, what, are we, what are we longing for? What's missing out of this life? Mm-hmm. So, Claire Huxtable was that one thing that was missing out of both our lives. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, the, the thing about Lewis York that makes us unique, besides the music itself, is that you have two grown ass black men mm. who are not shying away from it at all we're not trying to be 15 but we're in our 30s we're 30 we're we're, we're 30 something year old black men <laughs> who who literally who literally already had a successful career yeah. we're not mm-hmm. trying to pretend that we're have more money or less money than we have that we're cooler or less cool than we are mm. so it was important for our first statement to be a powerful one
1: mm-hmm.
3: a black one yeah um, a mature one honest one an honest one mm. And a kind of controversial one because mm-hmm. obviously there's what happened to bill cosby mm. that happened as we were putting the song out oh yeah so we had to decide whether it was the right thing to do for pr reasons and what would people say and the real thing was that the statement doesn't change mm. is that um we're looking for more women like what claire Hux- that song is about claire huxable in pop culture mm. representing us like beth pearson like claire huxable and many, many, many others that we all know in real life and, and on the big screen and in music. So hmm. it's, it's, it's cool to, to dance around it, but for two black men to say we're gonna become a band and boom, yeah. here's where we stand, was the statement that we thought was necessary. Hmm. Yeah. And I think because we were bold with that statement, it's allowed people to, who have followed us in the journey to expect crazy things to happen. Like they're like, we don't ever know where these guys are gonna go. They might say something crazy. It might be a smooth love song, but we um, have set the tone for people to expect controversial, musical, musically challenging, but excellent. And Claire Huxwell did that for us with the video and the song.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that. Of course, David. Can I just check? We've got we got enough time. You sure? How long? Do, how long, you long do you think it? we got? Like ten minutes? Yeah, or yeah, so? yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Should we do one question each?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we could do one more. Yeah. Um, so obviously you've got your label um we a workshop and you said that you guys used to conceptualize about who you're going to sign and like what's going to happen and mm-hmm. who would be your dream five and the mm-hmm. top league and all of that and obviously you um have distribution via red um which is sony owned as well um i wanted to ask what artists you're looking for are you are you in the stage of even looking for eyes now because um, mm-hmm. i know the roster's is pretty small but um yeah, are you looking for different artists and who are you who are the type of artists you're looking for if you are looking for talent right now or is it just have you decided to be oh, yeah. a good question
1: yeah i I, th- I think for me one of my main goals of, of for weirdo workshop um is for us to remain independent for us to remain boutique and yeah. so the way you, you have to do that, you can't sign everybody. So we're not looking to sign everybody, but yeah, we are believers in cultivating talent. We feel like if there's something, somebody super talented, we have something with songwriting and production and artist development that we can offer. So me personally, I'm, I'm looking for the next Tracy Chapman.
3: Right. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> he's like, wait, what? I yeah. <laughs> not no, no. like, I'm ready. <laughs> like, uh, I, 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 in my mind, I have, I have this, this, vision of this black girl, that, that can really speak to the people in an organic way. Yeah. Without all the bells and the whistles.
4: Have you listened to um, Brittany Howard's solo album? No. Uh, Britney Howard from, from the album Shakes. Shakes. I haven't seen the album. No, I heard about it. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And everything you just said about a black woman, and obviously Tracy Chapman, she was a black queer queer woman who wasn't doing what was expected of black girls at the time. That's the vibe I get from her. It's just like this incredible mix of like blues and gospel and folk, rock Mm -hmm. and roll. And then she's just. While while of her vo- voices, she is like that old school archetype, you know, like the e- the Etta James raw vocal. Mm-hmm. So I know everyone now is like all about melisma and runs and the Whitney Mike Mariah dynamic. Like she's like that Ruth Brown mm-hmm. um, I love Etta I James love that. raw vocal. So yeah. I highly recommend
2: her solo album. Yeah. Can I just add to that? Sorry, um, Little Sims. I thought he was going to say it, but who? Um, no, in terms of like strong black women who have a message what it? what's her name? Little, Little Sims. Sims. Little
3: Sims. Yeah. I, I've remember. never heard, Yeah, Don't check it out. She's so really she's
2: creative. she's a rapper, she's not okay. a singer. Okay. But okay. she's really Yeah. Cool. I would yeah. really I recommend her yeah, you do. I, I'm, we're gonna give you like um, I have a list. I don't know about you guys, but I have a list of UK artists. Yeah, t- yes, give it please. to us. No, please. Yeah, UK
1: please. Out. That'll be awesome. Yeah, please give us some yeah. yeah but that's what we, where we look. We we definitely we definitely looking for that raw vocal. Yeah. Even our girl group that we already have signed, the Shindellas. Like, yeah, that's that, awesome. Like, <laughs> that, that's the focus for them too. Like just that there's a rawness that I need back like I right. I need that yeah yeah.
3: we're all about filling in the gaps of what's not been done or, or, or what's been overlooked for so long that is needed right now yeah so nothing cookie cutter like even with the Shindellas, for example there's lots of examples of girl groups that have been imitated a bunch of times yeah mm-hmm. but what we talk about we listen to with the Shindellas, we listen to the emotions and mm-hmm. Pointer sisters mm-hmm. and the Andrew sisters and the Clark sisters and mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <So>
1: Clark is <laughs> one of the greatest girl, of group, all time. Great girl groups of all time. So, for sure.
3: I mean, we we've seen the iterations of TLC and Destiny's Child mm-hmm. and, and and Vogue, Vogue and SWV. Yeah. Um, but that's not all we have to offer. Yeah. And I also think it's important to make clear that where the workshop is not necessarily a record label. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we we do music. We've done that for years. Yeah, so we yeah, express yeah. ourselves through songs. But we have so many. It's, it's a community thing. It's like, like Motown was a record label, but there was also just, it was fashion, it was community, it was education, it was all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we already have our hands in all that stuff. We have a 700 member deep book club. Boy. In different cities okay. in America. See mm-hmm. it. Everything that we do, the songs and albums we produce, but our events are The Workshop produced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're doing a ballet with the Nashville Ballet. Cooking show. I love it. We are producing a cooking show,
1: um, a wellness, wellness tour.
3: Wellness tours. So it's not just. Like, oh, we trying to be hot on, 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 on the radio and on the charts. It's the Weirdo Workshop brand is like, not just for black people either. It's like, it really means first accepting that you have a unique gift, which is the Weirdo part. You're totally unique and that's, and stand out. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And the Workshop is that you have, you have enough confidence, but are humble enough to know that you're still working on yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to be working on things that are feeding that initiative. And if it's an artist that's feeding that initiative, awesome. But Lewis York is in, is in the same boat. Like yeah. that's why there's so much messaging in our music mm-hmm. is to make sure that people know it's not just for us to feel like we're hot and we're fashionable. That's there, but that's to get your attention so that you mm-hmm. realize we're trying to get you to think, yeah. and grow, and, and get spiritual and work yeah. on yourself. Yeah, especially okay. and, and, and that especially for Black people. Yeah, because mm. we need it. Mm. Mm.
2: Well, thank you for that. You. Yeah, Nick, did you have another question?
3: I for it. That was no. his last
2: question. Oh, that was your last. <laughs> did you have a question? I
4: have
2: a, yeah. Go hit Go us. Oh shoot,
4: man. No, the questions for we we'll probably ask questions for hours.
2: Yeah. I have t- so I have two more questions okay. I'm going to ask off air. We need to
4: wrap up. They they just to ask them. They're they're ask them. I'm going to ask off air. Oh, okay. So I okay. have two questions that I'm going to ask off air. I need to get this for, for me, for my spirit. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, last question um, for, for this purpose. So obviously you guys, you know, you guys are, you are like the upper echelon of like great writers and producers. So who are some new writers and producers that you've seen come up in the last like five years or that you know of that we should be aware of all that you like. Oh Lord, I,
1: I think I don't. I don't know how new he is because he's definitely been around for a while. But um, this uh, producer named D. Mile, he, he does. I heard of him. He's, he's awesome. He does. D. Mile. Uh, okay. He, he he um he does the Lucky Day stuff. He did yeah. a lot of Winter Gordon stuff. He did, does a lot of the Her stuff too. Yeah. Um, but he's dope. He's musical. He's super musical. He's he, he understands how to put stuff together. Arrangement, you know what I'm saying? Producers, a lot of times <clears throat> we get a lot of credit for doing beats, and that's, that's dumb. That's, a beat is just one part of a song, you know what I'm saying? So I'm always looking for people who understand arrangement when it comes to, to, to music.
3: Uh, songwriters... Yeah, there's not a whole lot out there. I, I will say that like, I've been... <laughs> 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 you heard it here first. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> street is going to shit, guys. <laughs> because, cause, I well. mean, because songwriting is poetry. So yeah. I, I want to feel like, I'm, I want you to feel like you're telling me, you're teaching me something, taking yeah. me somewhere. <laughs> but I will say that, um, Nah, you said, uh, listen, you asked the question. Let <laughs> um, me just uh,
0: say something, Claude. Do you have your petty bag? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> you know, yeah. it right now.
3: <laughs> no, listen, I take this... No industry shit here, guys. No, listen. Industry. It, 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 it sounds petty, but it's, it's not coming from a petty place. I, I think what you understand about me and Chuck is that this is not a game for us. Yeah, I take this yeah, yeah. very fucking yeah. seriously. Yeah. Like, true. songwriting is serious business. Um, I eat, sleep, and breathe this... Whether I'm behind the mic, when I'm listening to your song, I'm listening for: Are you carrying the torch properly? Yeah. Because I was taught by amazing songwriters. Like Max Martin, did not play. He don't play. He didn't play with me. Akon didn't play with me. It's like tell the story and make it make sense. Um, and we work with a lot of Neo doesn't play games. Like oh, yeah. I was telling oh, you, so I was I was singing day, Russian roulette, and I was like, this motherfucker wrote a song. He
1: write a song.
3: So like, it's, it's hard for me to find people that I respect. But I will say, just being honest, this week, I, I I was with two this okay. week. Okay. So last night, Jinjin, um, Jin, awesome writer. She she writes all this stuff with a.
1: Justin, yeah. I told
3: her last night. Some of us don't get to see each other a lot because we're always behind the mic somewhere, yeah. 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 So you don't just, you have to say it, but I told her, I was like, I love what you're doing, keep doing it. And actually, our homie was with us, David Asante. He played us a song in the studio, yeah, a couple, but one that's that, that Sean Mendez should cut. I'm mm-hmm. just putting that out there, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really, really good.
1: Shout out, David.
3: <laughs> so there are people that are paying attention to the melody and lyrics and that marriage. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying there's there's none. Don't get, I'm, don't get me wrong. I chick that right for
1: Hillsong.
3: What's her name? Oh man. you do y'all
1: have Hillsong out here? Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> Tottenham Court Road. Right? Yes. Yeah. That, All they, over London.
3: That, that, that there's like a little group of them, mm-hmm. a, a crew of them songwriters that write for Hillsong United and Hillsong Worship. Mm-hmm. They're writing amazing songs.
1: Some songs made me cry. They're amazing. Real songs. shit. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it's a good producer too. Uh, CC Wine Son, I don't even know his name, but he's produced all her stuff lately. Amazing producer. Yeah. Um, so well, that whole family's crazy. So well, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Wineins, hello. Just, yeah. Just but nice. I mean, um, I'm just, I'm looking for, I'm looking for uh, things that make me just wake up and pay attention right away. Yeah. And okay. and so I'm I'm not gonna say things are amazing, they're not amazing, just just to be cool. So I'm I'm not, I haven't been blown away with the songwriting. This year or last year, the year before, like I wanted to be. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. That's fair enough. Right. So, Damn. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <You're laughs> no, honest. honest. <laughs> you're just it's real nothing wrong with honest. Yeah.
2: Um, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. So, we ask this question to every guest. Okay. Um So, we're called Don't Look at the Stands. Um, and what that, I don't know if you're familiar with what a stan is. Of
3: course.
2: Okay. Ooh. So, who do you guys stan?
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> We are not really Standish people, <laughs> uh, but but uh, let's just keep it. Let's keep it real. Uh, you, you just want to throw our names.
4: I think you stand with me. Me knowing you, well, no, <laughs> I stand
3: with you. You stand with. Whitney. I stand. We stand with Whitney. We stand Anita Baker. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> Anita. Strong <Short laughs> choice. <laughs> we stand Janet Jackson. Love to see it.
2: Yeah, that's shopiest
1: person, it. by the way.
4: One one of.
1: Okay, Who else we stand? We. St- we stand, John Mayer. John Mayer. Okay. We stand,
3: Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: Babyface. Mm-hmm. Come on! I wish we could
0: Come
2: record on. your face
1: reactions. You know who? Uh, uh, Claude showed me a video this morning of Timberland <laughs> doing, doing a remake of Whitney Houston. Whitney I to somebody. And I watched the video, and I was just like. It just reminded me of how big a stand I am for Timbaland. Yeah. Like yeah. crazy. He's
3: crazy. Crazy.
1: Like, yeah. he's, a, comes, he's a genius walking amongst us. you should listen yeah. to crazy. it. Little, yes.
3: He made it sound like a brand new song.
1: And, and I'm just like, yo, like, this guy, like, through my, for the last 15, 20 years, just been blowing my mind over yeah. and over and over and over again musically. Blah, blah, blah.
3: So, I stand
1: Timbo the King.
3: We stand Timbo. For sure, he's phenomenal. Also, man. Legend. A lot of we, legend. That's what I'm saying. Like we give credit where it's due, but yeah. we, and we stand the we stand the true icons. And, and the list could go on forever. We we love a lot of people actually. Yeah. that's good. Yeah. Anita
0: Baker, baby. There's a strong list there. Yeah. Yeah. Strong yeah, man.
3: List. Yeah, yeah, Anita Baker. We saw her live in Nashville crazy crazy
0: you've just convinced me i need to go to
3: nashville
1: right? Yeah, hey, yeah come on to nashville
3: they come through yeah first through of all i just
1: want to say i pre it, 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 i appreciate you guys because because <laughs> you guys understand music i, yeah, yeah, I love, I, I love music. having a musical conversation with people that understand yeah. music oh thank you very much can nice. i ask you a question
0: real quick, yeah, real quick. is, is k michelle still working on country is she still is there still a movement trying to happen because i heard R and b releases as of late but yeah. she's still trying to,
3: i'm not sure what she's at. like specifically right now yeah mm-hmm. um when we spoke to her when we when we filmed love and hip hop we had a lot longer conversation than was on tv of course yeah. yeah and she's definitely trying to figure out how to make her way to nashville that's real mm-hmm. right? and uh um do more music that she loves that do more music that she listens to in her earbuds at the world made it maybe doesn't know she loves
1: because yeah. K. Michelle is a musician, like she's, she's really talented and she's, she's very, talented. Smart. very smart, yeah.
3: She and she's smart,
1: and so very smart. I will, I, I def- she has the personality. I definitely wouldn't put it past her that she could do something in country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: She likes that we call her the black dolly, yeah. Uh, yeah. But
1: we were calling her that before she, the conversation even started about country music, like when we was working on the other stuff, mm-hmm. we was calling but If you listen
3: black to Dolly Parton. I mean The sad stuff But you're know, like Working not to find mm. don't, 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 don't live
4: Yeah Came up
3: with Charles' voice mm. can do
4: that Kind of and 100% yeah. And she has country yeah. songs On her R&B
3: album Yeah and Yeah Young flex, flex. <laughs> love well, flex. flex. You A flex A flex
1: Did you do God I Get No No, no we no. did uh, Run r- 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 Don't r- Walk
4: Ah okay oh, we We're like
3: Run Don't Walk Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I hope I hope she can do it, man. I Absolutely. really do. Yeah.
3: yeah. I would I would love for more artists to break out of what they think, they think the box is. Yeah. And do things that are musically beautiful and not just for the charts hmm.
1: yeah. especially when they've done it already like we can't just keep doing the same old r&b and b all the time let's 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 expand what r&b means yeah mm. we can exist because it's all going to be r&b because we did it you yeah. know what i'm saying like when it's she awesome. do her country album whatever her single is going right on that urban ac chart yeah. too because she black Tell the truth. Mm. Tell the truth. you know what i'm saying so i just want us to expand please creatively Please. Cool. I'm getting
2: signals from David just in the corner. <laughs> 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 also, shout out to David for hooking yeah, us up. Yeah, man. man everything. Shout out to yes. David. Much, David. For really being appreciate who he that. Is. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank, you. Um, Thank you. So, listen, guys, that's been the episode for today. I know we finished the season, but we wanted to surprise you. Surprise. And who better than Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony? Mm. Um, it's been an amazing interview. Yeah, yeah, man. I feel like you, man. it's always great when we can talk about music and go so deep into it as well. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Just quickly, I just want to round off some UK artists. Um, just so that you can take away and look at them. That's That's penis. Penis. So, I'll start with Kadeem Tyrell. So, Kadeem Tyrell is amazing. Um, I would say listen to his most recent project called Feels. Yes, is it, yes Feels. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is there? Mahalia, you've heard about heard now. Mm-hmm. Um, Amalu. Uh, who else? Shopper, you or someone, I
4: think. So, I've got, there's obviously so many UK artists I love, but I've got three that I think would be up the street. So, there's this guy called Aaron Taylor. They both know that. Like, stand. I call him like the hit. The, he's like the hidden jewel of UK music. Okay. <laughs> he's like a, a modern day Bill Withers, but oh, like with oh. like uh, the soul stirrer sensibility mm. and D'Angelo of like vibes. Yeah, man. He's Interesting. A, incredible. Aaron mu- Taylor. Incredible musician. His arrangements are insane. Yeah. So that's one. Okay. Then there's Puma Blue. He's like this. Uh, he's like he's weird like it's rock but jazz but blues but new assault all at one mm-hmm. he, yeah he's insane and he has this really like uh what's the word androgynous voice like kind of like who can i compare him to do you know Daly? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we like work that. with David. it's like that okay and then lastly this girl called eliza um her voice her tone her, it's like She's a great vocalist in terms of like dynamics, but for me, it's her tone, mm. her tone. So I want you to guys to check out her, one of her songs called Alone But Not Afraid.
1: Okay, incredible cool, song. thank you.
0: Um, I would say uh, as of late, I think Labyrinth's album is some incredible pieces mm-hmm. of work Labyrinth, and he's awesome. incredibly great slept on in this country. Um, he's done amazing things and people just aren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. All the right people aren't talking about it. Um, Tally Wo just did incredible. She really impressed me She's an R&B singer um, And I'd say Slow Tie for rap Like I'd say to get a, a kind of Sense of what the country's going through mm-hmm. Right now listen to that For political kind of senses Slow Tie mm-hmm. yeah, so cool, All man. of this
3: stuff All of it yeah. And I would suggest you guys To listen to the Shandellas
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> And there's some new music Coming on them very soon yeah, man. And we're the, getting the, ready to work man. on their album And if you like American Griot's that all that means is that's where we are at musically, and we're only gonna get better. Yeah. So just imagine what their album is gonna be like. Nuts.
5: Mm-hmm. Like, how will I feel?
3: Yeah. You know, all right. That just that hit man. the radio, so hopefully that will encourage that was, people to that embrace that choice. more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very much. Yeah. I'll keep
0: an eye, definitely. Yeah,
3: they're awesome, and we're gonna try and bring them out here, and we're gonna do a show out here. Ooh. Yeah. In 2020, that's that's our promise to. You could
4: talk to them too. The yeah. Are
3: you kidding me? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. We're come out here so y'all can see it live, cause live is. Different. Oh, I can't wait. Live is Live the real vibe. Is the best experience. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Live is
2: the best experience. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to go through my list, see if there was anyone else. I don't know if you know of Tom Mech. So you you'll love Tom Mish. I'm Misch.
3: just gonna get an email with, with all these names. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. We'll like send text. it to David and then yes, David and then, Yeah.
2: <laughs> cool. Yes. So that's been done at the stands, guys, and we'll see you next season. Mm-hmm. Peace.